hello. Welcome to Biblically Speaking. My name is Cassian Bellino, and I'm your host. In this podcast, we talk about the Bible in simple terms with experts, PhDs, and scholarly theologians to make understanding God easier. These conversations have transformed my relationship with Christ and understanding of religion. Now, I'm sharing these recorded conversations with you. On this podcast, we talk about the facts, the history, and the translations to make the Bible make sense so we can get to know God our Creator better. Welcome back to Biblically Speaking. I'm your host, Cassian Bellino, and I just want to welcome everybody who's been listening to the pod, enjoying the episodes, sharing the episodes. Welcome back. And for those of you that are new, you've decided to join on a very interesting episode, and uh, this was quite the selection for you because it's going to be very different than our normal content, where I will get into it into uh, get into it in a minute. But it's a great it's a great episode. Prepare to laugh is all I can really say. But before we get into that, uh, if you are new, uh, what we're doing here, um, biblically speaking, is essentially trying to understand the Bible from a very personal level to know and love God better. I am not an expert in the Bible whatsoever, but what I do is I bring on experts. I bring on people with the credentials, the PhDs, the masters, the MDivs to answer questions about the Bible. Because this all started on a journey a very long time ago where I felt like a lukewarm Christian and I just wasn't able to deepen my faith through Bible study and church. And so what I wanted to do was create a space where I could ask the questions church and Bible study couldn't answer. So here I am being curious, being confused, getting my questions answered and sharing those conversations with you guys publicly on a podcast. So if you feel like you're trying to deepen your faith, you want to understand Christianity, but you're just maybe held up at the vastness of the Bible, I absolutely relate to you. And let me just say, you are in good company here. I'm very glad that you're here. uh, Because what we do is when we explore the Bible on a factual, historical, contextual level through these conversations, not only are we, you know, learning more, but we're deepening a relationship with God because now we know him. We know him more. And what happens when you you get to know someone more and you spend more time with them, you're able to love them better. So this has been my approach to Christianity, and it absolutely has widened my faith, deepened my faith, and just opened myself up, not just to a better relationship with God, but those around me. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And this episode is especially special because typically we talk with PhDs, uh, pastors, rabbis theologian experts, and we basically get into the history, the context, the translations, very nitty gritty stuff. And all of that is very valuable. But today we took a different approach and I had a guest on from one of my favorite Instagram accounts and podcasts, The Bible is Funny. And when I was deliberating starting this podcast, The Bible is Funny is kind of was like the inspiration for, oh, this kind of content is is funny. You know, it was like a validation that people are doing this. I can do this. Very encouraging, very validating. And I highly recommend if you haven't already started Googling the Bible is Funny podcast on Spotify, you might as well start. They they post the most hilarious content on Instagram, on TikTok, very memeable, very hilarious. Um, And Anthony gets into it in the podcast, but it's never to make fun of the Bible because I, perhaps you're assuming, oh, the Bible is funny. It's the butt of the joke. It's not. It's a very loving experience to understand the Bible and to imagine ourselves in the situations that the disciples and the characters of the Bible found themselves in. Um, And he does that very gracefully and very tactfully. So uh, if you want to poke fun and find fun in something that is typically serious, and I think that's what we try to do here as well, is be very realistic and human about the, the biblical experience and the spiritual experience of knowing and loving God. Uh, definitely check out his page. But today we do something very similar and we just try to understand if I was Jesus's disciple, what would that have been like? Because it's not like they're gods. It's not like they are chosen high priests. They are regular Joe Schmoes hanging out with God on earth. That must have been very unbecoming and very sobering. So 
uh, Anthony absolutely schooled me on most of the the historical and biblical context. Uh, he himself has an amazing game that you can check out. It was just overall a really fun and refreshing conversation, very different from all the other ones. So I hope you guys enjoyed it because I absolutely did. And I can't wait to have Anthony back on. He is such a joy to talk to. He's such a radio voice too. I was realizing halfway through the call. Um, but yeah, he's so funny, so fun. And there's no way you're not going to enjoy it if you're still listening. So let's just get right into it. See you on there. All right. All right. All right. Hello, Anthony. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm so good. <laughs> I, uh, I'm really excited for the conversation today. It's going to be a little different, but uh, for everyone listening, I've got Anthony Russo on the podcast, who is the founder, the leader, the creator of The Bible is Funny on Instagram. Anthony, yes. what do you have to say for yourself for such a hilarious Instagram account, making fun of the Bible? How dare you? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, the Bible is funny. I'm, I love this project so much. I've been doing this for a long time. I lost you on that question for just a little bit. So I'm sorry if I didn't respond to something prior it's okay. to this. <laughs> no, it worked out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Bible is funny. It's a project I started a long time ago. It's a combination of my two Two of my great loves uh, in this life, which is do it, which is comedy and the Bible and my faith. So, um, it, who, how could it be better? Um, but yeah, we, it's funny. Early on, we we got a lot of comments about like you, you need to like the Bible isn't funny and that you need to be like this is disrespectful and blah blah blah. And so we have some parameters by which we operate. You know, the Bible oh, is okay. never the um, like the Bible is never the joke. It's not like the butt of the joke is the Bible. And that, there, are, there are accounts, I'm sure, that take that approach to this type of content. Um, but for me, it's always been born out of a place of like, I love the Bible. The best way I've been able to explain it to people is like your siblings and how you relate to your parents. If you have a good family dynamic, I know not everybody mm -hmm, does. Mm -hmm. But like you love, your, you love your parents, but you and your siblings make fun of them. Like you poke fun at them. You notice things about them because you know them better than anybody else. So you know they do this goofy dance when this song comes on or they mispronounce this celebrity's name every time they try to say it. Like, you know this thing so much that this is like an outpouring of your love for the thing. So I never, uh, to me, the aim is is the opposite of disrespect. It is just to say, this is how I love this thing. This is how I operate with all the things I love. I point out the funny stuff about it because that's the way I'm built. So um, I, yeah, that's that's the brief history of the Bible is funny. That is so well said. I was just thinking of all the inside jokes I have with my parents at this moment. Like we make fun of my mom's laugh at this moment that just like when you make so fun of someone's laugh, it just makes it so much worse because they keep laughing and it just <laughs> right. so much. You can't stop. You can't yeah, stop. It's the best. No, that's awesome. But I think another funny thing about your podcast is you make fun of Christian movies, which I've had that conversation with a couple <laughs> people on here. It's not that they're bad movies, but like there's so much room for improvement. And I think that you do it really well on like, come on, guys. Like, I see yeah. what you're trying to do here. But yeah, well, we always start happened? the podcast by tipping our cap <laughs> because it's a, you know, you do a podcast, I do a podcast. Podcasts take a lot of work. Like, you have to skip, you and I have been trying to schedule this for a while. Like, it just takes work and time and energy and effort. So, when we set out uh, to do that part of the project, I was like, I'm not going to engage in something that's just <laughs> relentlessly ripping people for exerting creative time and energy uh, into creating a thing. I just don't like that as a practice. So, uh, we always say our motto on that podcast is we, um, we consume and discuss. So they have created a movie, we have watched it, and now we want to talk about it. And we always try to lead with uh, movies, a big undertaking and all those things. But yes, Christian movies are their own kind of animal. <laughs> we've, had some, we've had some that were surprisingly entertaining and good and like caught us off guard. And then we've had others that were, that were tough to watch. Um, but yeah, I, it's very fun. I secretly <laughs> love doing that. My, uh, Tim, who I do all the podcast stuff with, he's, he's not as big a fan in his heart. Um, but for me, I'd, I'd watch Christian movies all day. Yeah. Yeah. I think I heard your last episode. It was on like, is heaven for real or heaven is for real? I think <laughs> we haven't done that one yet. We're, we're like moving towards that one. Uh, it's been on our it. list, but, um, yeah, we haven't gotten to that one yet. I, I want to, I haven't seen that. And I heard, I heard a lot of my friends saw it. So I'm curious about that one. What did we do for our last one, though? Now you got me 
thinking. I don't. Oh, we did um, Christian Mingle was our last one. We did it for the for the holidays. So, um, like the dating app, or is that a movie? Uh, yes, the answer to that is yes. Uh, so the dating app kind of funded a movie. <laughs> Um, that was then turned into like this Hallmark Christmas movie called Christian Mingle. And it was, uh, it was a treat. It was a Christmas treat for us to end 2023. Okay. Okay, Maybe I'll check that one out. If it's still on Netflix, where does that even hosted? Where do we watch that? Might've been on, a lot of these end up on Tubi. We're a big Tubi. (laughs) We shout out Tubi a lot. Um, some of them are just on YouTube. Um, but yeah, Tubi, I think is where that one was off the top of my head. Okay, shout out Tubi. If uh, out anyone's to Tubi. got a login, let me know. <laughs> I definitely don't. Completely free. You don't have to share accounts on Tubi, which is nice. <laughs> you do get a lot of ads, though, so buckle up for those. Um, Just one long commercial with a little movie in between. A lot between. of commercial breaks. I don't hate them. I, I'm on record saying I don't a, a little bit of commercials, I, I'm fine. Great. Seamless. I don't like to pause. I feel like that's inefficient. So you're giving me an opportunity to get up you know, get a snack, use the restroom. I, I'm okay with the occasional. Tubi, it's a lot. Tubi, you're in for a lot because <laughs> it's free. But I love this. So glass half full. Like that is just everything you just said is so optimistic. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, right. Christian movies, love them. Love them. Ads, love them more. <laughs> love them. Give them to me. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that attitude. All right. Well, uh, maybe if people are listening, you're probably like, what is this girl who's confusing Christian talking to a guy who just finds the Bible funny? But today's going to be a totally different vibe. And I think that if any new Christian is entering the Bible, you should enter it with one foot in a bucket of humor. You really should kind of look at the word and wonder, how is that maybe received? You know, was there maybe a moment of chuckle? And uh, especially out of context, when we don't examine it or have somebody that explained the history of that moment or the geographical mm-hmm. location, yeah, I think that maybe in that moment we'd understand it. It would be realistic. It would be funny. But for us today, looking at the word, it's quite funny. And I especially think it's funny if we imagine ourselves as one of the disciples and how that might have been. If I was a disciple of Jesus at that time, I definitely would be just as confused as they are. And I think the Bible actually does a pretty good job of showcasing their confusion because the disciples were young men (laughs) that were thrown into a huge world-changing thing with with one guy and it was recorded and i think that it's kind of like a reality show where they're like what is going on and they're just throwing their whole life towards this guy who is saying some wild things i sometimes think of jesus when we'll talk about a verse where it's like hey jesus why do you speak in parables and he responds in the longest way possible it's like, ah, that's just Jesus. You know, what do you imagine? Okay. You know, like, did that explain right, right. it? Yeah. I'm kind of more confused now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the disciples are are like my favorite part. when uh, So the project of the Bible was funny, was like reading through very, very slowly and just kind of like examining all kinds of different parts. And definitely the disciples were one of the biggest ones where stuff was just like jumping out at me. Um, when I was doing the reading part of the project, that was like, oh my word, I've never noticed this before, just how kind of like bumbling they are in most of these stories. (laughs) And like you say, I like what you said. I want to just reiterate it. I mean, to me, it's not even just humor. It's just that there's a humanity to the Bible. Like there's a lot of focus on the divine elements, the holy elements, which are rightfully so, but there's, these are humans engaged with the story. That's what's so beautiful about it. Like it's, it's, humans interacting with God, and then you get these stories. Um, in the Old Testament, they're dealing with the God of the Old Testament, that there is leading, walking with them in the wilderness and those kind of things. Um, and then in the New Testament, we have Jesus walking here amongst us, and, the, and people are interacting with God. So it's such a natural place of like, well, of course they're going to mess up. Of course they're not going to understand everything. And of course stuff's going to be funny, because that's just the base. Pre- that's a, by premise, that's a funny premise. Like God is walking amongst us and then a bunch of like goofball humans are tagging along for the ride like obviously this is like a a premise for a comedy um so there's gonna be parts of that and i i definitely think you're right in that it enriches your experience of the bible it fills in all the details and it allows you to see more clearly how connected it is to your life when you allow the humanity of it to to also be in there and be present 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Even right now, I'm thinking like, man, I should have prepared a little bit more for this podcast. I should have done X, Y, Z. And it reminds me of this verse. I'm going to use that as a segue to um, just, <laughs> huh? Nailed John it. 4, 31 to 38. So they're sitting with Jesus. And the meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. And he said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about, which mm-hmm. is a pretty wild response. And right. then they say, the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? <laughs> And then yeah. he goes off on my food is something you don't know. It's right for right. harvest. It's eternal right. life. But I totally relate to a disciple being like, wait, weren't you supposed to order the Uber Eats? Like, yeah, yeah. Who got him? He doesn't have a phone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like you say, we, we, a lot of us, our interactions with the Bible, we've been like preached from it. And so we go right to the spiritual implication of everything. But 100%, these are like, some of these guys are fishermen. Like, if you're on the boat and you're like, hey, you want to get some food, nobody responds with like this, <laughs> these sort of like mystical, like really thoughtful response. It's going to be like, yeah, man, food, good, eat belly. Like, <laughs> and so now they're dropped in with this guy who's going like, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And they're like, okay, like, I don't, I don't, where did it? How do I have the food? Who has access? Do we, did somebody have a key to a cabinet? Like, I don't. Yeah, it's so it's so. And then and I think sometimes I love in the Bible when it when it chronicles that being their response, because you're like, oh, it must mean this like super spiritual thing. And it's like, no, their response too was like, oh, uh, what? Like, I don't know. What means. So human of them. So right? human. Of course, they don't know what it means. And he's using these. Jesus is using these as teaching moments, uh, which is which because he was so patient with them and always teaching them things. But yeah, definitely, you're like, that's that's what you're. That's that that would be our response if we were there too. We'd be like, oh, so I guess you're not in on the order. I guess to count you out for the pizza. <laughs> do you want the pizza I, or do you not want the pizza? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. These dudes weren't chosen because they were like the sharpest, right. but they were. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. They're perfect for their role. And, but um, yeah, yeah. Like they weren't sharp. They weren't like the wisest men that were chosen to follow them. They were just regular, regular old schmegular fishermen who right. were doing their best. <laughs> well, I think they were, they lived in the practical. Like they lived in the, they, they had very practical lives. They were um, not, you know, in the, in the line of like the Pharisees or the priests or those, they weren't in that place. They were in the the place everyone else was like, they were in the, like, we do practical things. We have jobs, we do this, that, and the other. And so that's the space where we live. We're not always looking for um, how the, the book of the law connects to every single thing we interact with all the time. They just weren't living in that space. So yeah, Jesus gets dropped in, who is like the completion of the law. Here he is. He's like all God right in front of him. And they're just like, but we have to eat though. So let's make sure we take care of the food. You yeah, have it's like, food? It's like uh, Lord of the Rings when he's like, well, what about breakfast? <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking logistically about my meal plan, man. I know we're right, right. returning the ring, but are we eating? Yes or no? <laughs> right. There's another passage. Um, pretty sure it's Jesus who's like, don't worry about what you're going to eat or don't worry about what you're going to wear. Look at the lilies of the field um, and how they're dressed better than Solomon's splendor. And that like, don't worry about what you're going to eat. I know, again, I'm with the disciples on this one. I'm like, that's literally all I think about. (laughs) I just finished a conversation with my wife about our dinner situation and how it coordinates with t-ball practice tonight. I'm thinking about the next meal midway through the meal i'm currently eating so i get the disciples here i'm at breakfast thinking about dinner a hundred i'm not eating as much at breakfast if i'm excited about lunch the whole meal situation is forefront of my mind at all times so like i'm not worried about it because i know i'm gonna get it because that's all i'm focusing on god so what do you mean not worry about it (laughs) right right. that's driving all my primal instincts today that's the right take. It's it's you're not worried about where it's going to come from, but I am worried about it. Like I need to prioritize it. We need to talk about it, and we yeah. need to figure out if yeah. I need a snack between now and then. 
I definitely have friends and siblings that like the day needs to be planned around the meal plan. Like I can go right. hours for eating. I like, I'm kind of like a camel. I can go hours. I'm fine, especially because I'm activity focused. But sure. siblings, friends are like, okay, so we haven't eaten in three, two and a half hours. So what's the right. plan? We're not going to the next destination until we're getting coffee on the way. And they're in good company because the disciples were the same way. They were, yeah. we need, we need the food. Exactly. I um I think it's kind of hilarious the way that Jesus kind of went up to a mountain and then he was like, okay, you 12, you guys are my people. It kind of reminded me of like MySpace when we had the our top, top friends. Top friends, yeah. <laughs> Not that he like ranked them above each other, but he was like, this my crew. And he like handpicked them. Mm-hmm. I think that is so funny, especially because he had crowds following him that he was like, right. you not you guys. <laughs> you guys, mm. It is really interesting. There's a lot of dynamics in there because then you get this little glimpse when everything goes down with Judas and then they replace Judas with and they have two names pretty quickly that they're like in the running to replace Judas. So it's like, this is interesting. There's some sort of like inner circle. And then there's like just outside of the inner circle. There was some sort of system to this understudies ready to go right they're like there's more ready to go and then there's other like um followers mentioned uh throughout the new testament where they'll like sort of casually reference this person it's like oh yeah they were like a follower the whole time so you're like yeah how did those 12 just got like got picked picked up a little higher than the rest although that they're i think all their lives ended really really traumatically so i guess it wasn't like anybody would uh, not all of the followers probably would have jumped at the chance that the disciples got but it was interesting how they were like those 12 were picked out a hundred percent a hundred percent i actually didn't know that he had follow-up i feel like i need to study my word a bit more you have a bible study game so you know this pretty pretty well (laughs) well (laughs) yeah i just i mean i was really like i was born into it i'm one of those stories so like i was in church my whole life and then for this project did like a longer two, three year deep dive into the Bible to like get more familiar with some of that stuff. Um, but you know, the Bible's funny devotional and the Bible's funny card game will certainly familiarize you with people part with parts of the Bible that you might not be familiar with. Ooh, okay. I need to get that game then and start playing it. <laughs> did you just spend days in the in the word, just like, oh, no one knows about that one, writing it down? Well, it was like a, it was like a pro. So I, I came to this point in my life in my like, uh, 20s, maybe like mid late 20s, um, where I was like, I've been, I've been around church my whole life. I, I take my faith really, really seriously. I'm a Christian. I believe this stuff. I tell people to read the Bible. Um, but there was a lot of the Bible that I was not familiar with. Like there was whole chunks of it. And I just, it struck me how, how like weird that was. Like if I were to, if you were to meet someone who was like, the Harry Potter series is the best series ever written. It'll change your life. You know, you gotta read it. It's really important. And then you were like, oh, cool. So you've read all the books? And they were like, well, no, I have not read all the books. And okay. then you're like, so how are you, like, you're telling other people to do this, but you're not familiar with all of it. So that kind of sent me on this journey that I was like, well, I'm going to read through all of it slowly, take my time, and just kind of like make notes. And so this all kind of like was born out of that. And so that's when stuff was wow. jumping out at me that I was just like, I've never experienced that because the the parts I noticed the most, like there's this gap that gets created, especially in like American Christianity, where they're not sermon. There's not enough in there for like a 40 minute sermon. So what happens is we end up kind of not visiting it much as a, as a, as a body, like in, the, I in see. a church gathering, you're like, well, I don't know what to do. Elijah calls down some she bears and they destroy some kids. End of story. What do we do with that? <laughs> How do I send everyone out of my sermon? Um, so I'm, some people, you know, and you Google, some people have attempted some things, but it's just not common. So that's what kind of created the gap. I started to learn a lot about um, within, uh, yeah, and that was where a lot of the content for the Bible is funny ended up coming from. Wow. How long did it take you to get through the whole Bible and make notes? Because I feel like people get pretty lost around Leviticus and Numbers, and you just had to muscle through that? Yeah. Numbers is got some sneaky stories in there. The talking donkey stories in Numbers. Leviticus is a lot of laws um, as advertised, and it can be it can be a, 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 a tough slog. But 
I think it took like two years to go through the whole thing. And then I, I restarted and started, I did it all in the NIV because that's just been my, the one I read. And then I, I thought it'd be interesting to do it in the KJV. So I did it. Um, and that was a little bit that, that I, I did. I was a little bit slower with Let that it be one. and die. Let <laughs> be and die. But there's some just funny ways that they translated it because it's King James version. They were, they were speaking differently. So um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a, a a bit to work through, but I thought, you know, if it is the Bible, and again, if I hold the Bible in the esteem that I claim to, I have to value all of it. Like, I don't get to, I don't, I, I would have to think there is value in every part of it. So I can't, uh, to me, I, I, my way of uh, thinking and, and living didn't stack up if I didn't know what was in numbers, at least. And then you can say like, yeah, it's a lot of counting. They, they, they don't, there's <laughs> a lot of like, there's this many people in the tribe of blank. Um, and, and again, you can do some deep dives and contextualize stuff and kind of, and kind of try to see more to it. But I think at least to familiarize yourself with it was, was certainly worth the time and say like, this is all, this is all scripture. So, um, yeah, that was the, uh, that was the backstory. No, I mean, that makes total sense. And I think that's great for seeing the stories that people don't recognize. That was absolutely my intention getting into this podcast of like, let's talk about the verses that you never hear about at church. And of course, any plan just never goes according to plan. Like my podcast has <laughs> completely gone a different direction. And that's fine. I love the direction it's gone. But I don't know. I feel like I haven't done that. And instead, resorted to theologians and PhDs to explain it to me on a podcast because did you ever feel lost like reading the Bible? Do you were you ever like, who is Paul and what is like he's writing a letter, what's going on All historically? The time. So you're doing like additional research or Yeah, like that's why you just like jot notes down. I would love to like do little side quests and try to just figure out like, <laughs> well what's that about? I don't I don't know that name. I don't know those words. And then it gets even more fun when you start connecting names and you're like, oh, I think I've seen that name before, but I don't know like hardline what the connection is. And you start getting more like early church history context to stuff because there's whole characters that you're like, oh, that's, that's interesting. That character had a whole story and a lot of yeah. the early church uh, history will document it. And we don't, uh, that's not included in the scripture. So you'll just get that context of like, oh, that's what happened to that person. And, They'll jump into the story. There's a guy, his name is Jason in the New Testament. And there's a point where, uh, like, Paul traveling That's with the someone. most unbiblical name I've ever heard. Oh, I know. It's, I'm pretty sure it was Jason. Like a Jason. time traveler? <laughs> I want to like say. Like Chad in New Testament came in. <laughs> I want to say it was Jason. It's, oh, my Bible, my, my PhD Bible scholars will get on me if I get this wrong. I think it's Jason. <laughs> And he's noted in the New Testament just for his like hospitality. Like Paul goes to a city and he ends up in the city. Um, he ends up at Jason's house and then they end up visiting him um, and staying at his house. And then the officials are trying to get Paul. So they go to Jason's house and they're like, where's Paul? And he, Paul, Jason says he's not there. And then Jason ends up getting in some trouble. Um, but it's just like that's that sent me on a, a little of like, Jason, this is odd. Like, I don't know anything about this dude. And there's a whole story like there's more information out there that you can learn from that, that like a lot of this is a book that's been around for thousands of years. Like there's there's people have been looking into it, talking about it, researching it. Like there's so much cool information, um, so many interesting details that get that get put in. Paul goes on a trip in the New Testament and they mention this, like the boat has some um, characters like on the boat. And it's like, turns out they're like mythological connections to the characters. And you're like, well, that's really interesting because like the boat was like adorned with these things. And it just mentions that makes a note of it. So you're like, well, look at that. That's, that's so curious. Interesting. Wow. Did you notice any like major differences or like, oh, that wasn't mentioned in NIV when I read it in KJV? <laughs> Um, nothing too serious. Quick research, by the way, Jason of Thessalonica. That's the guy's name. So it was Jason. Um, uh, no, nothing like too serious. The, 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 the KJV just translates in a really funny interest. I like language too. That's another thing. I, I was a communications major. So like, I just like, I like how we used to say things versus how we say things now. And yeah, yeah. all that stuff is fun. There are some things like in the KJV there, uh, there's a, there's mentions of a unicorn um a couple times <laughs> and a lot what? of most most people believe it's a translation for rhinoceros but um <laughs> kjv just straight up calls it a unicorn 
So you're you're reading along on there and you're like, huh, a unicorn. <laughs> Look at there. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of fun stuff like that. You never know. It was probably a unicorn. I could have been a unicorn. <laughs> I wasn't there to be to be fair. Um, but yeah, KJV is fun because you have all kinds of things going on. You have like Bible. So this is translated from its original Hebrew and primarily Greek. And then it gets translated into like old English. And then you're translating it from old English to your understanding. So it's like KJV's got so much stuff going on. That's fun. Um, a lot of the newer ones are, are easier to read and they word it in a way that oh, yeah. would be how we talk today. So, yeah. But that's, oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was the big one. There was a couple other like just one-liners that were just worded in a funny way. Um, so KJV's, KJV's great. All right. Yeah, I've been doing NIV since my first episode and I got I got a strict telling too when someone found out that I was using the message. Have you been Ooh. using the message? It's amazing. It, they really explained it to you. There is no complications in what the words mean there. I mean, they really in the, the message? Bible it is said outright. There is no deeper yeah. meaning though. <laughs> it's just that baseline. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it's its own thing. People people do have strong feelings about that and I, to me, there's a there's a degree to which you are believing that God is working through this text throughout the ages, right? Like it's not it was not written in English. Like we have to make that realization first. It was originally written. It was translated. There's a lot of steps that when you take the step to say, "I believe in faith that God speaks through this, breathe. This is God breathed, and God's working through this actively." Then I think there's a lot of like I don't know why you'd be like. God breathed and worked through it up to here. But then when it went from there to the message, let me tell you what, that's when <laughs> God was like, I have no part of that one. So that's why I'm just like, I don't know, man. I think God's doing a lot of things that we don't know about. And we like to jump in and say which one's good and which one's bad. And I'm like, people are reading the Bible and it's, it's some people like they're just, it's a, it lowers the barrier of entry for them because the language yeah. is so familiar. And yeah. I'm like, how is that? I don't know who thinks that's a bad thing, right? That somebody picks up a Bible and they start reading it. And a lot yeah. of people would encourage you then to, as you grow, check out different translations. And that's fun. And that's fine, too. So I think anywhere we see God moving in people's lives, I think it's a generally a positive thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Super well said. I um I want to get back into some verses just because I think that it's really fun to imagine ourselves on what we would have done if we were there in that moment, what yeah. we would have done with Jesus, you know, WWJD, but it's more like, what would I have done if Jesus was watching me? Um, <laughs> and I want to look at, uh, which one was it? Mark 3, 30. And that's, uh, that's right when he just, I think, taken, yeah, he just exercised the demon. And uh, someone's like, oh, he has an impure spirit. And then he's like, oh, your mom and your mom and your brothers arrived. They're standing outside. Yeah. Uh, they want to talk to you. And he's like, who's my mother and brothers? <laughs> I'd be pissed if I was his mom. I'd be like, uh, hun, honey. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Who, here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does right. God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. And I feel like as a mom, I've been like, I birthed you. Okay. <laughs> I had you in my oh. womb. Yeah, Mary was Mary was going through it in the New Testament, man. Like that was that's another character that's just endless with curiosity and interesting. Like what? Because she gets from the beginning, she gets kind of a whole picture, which it doesn't seem like really anybody else has. That she's really told like how this is who this person who was she is. talking to. <laughs> Do you think her and Mary Magdalene were like this is crazy? And she's like, I know. She had to have some buddies. Uh, she had to have some friends. But she it, it also talks a lot early in Jesus's life about her treasuring things in her heart, which is like, she's a mom, man. Like she's, 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 this is her kid. Um, so she's experiencing this all in a very different way. But yes, this is just an incredibly relatable mom thing where Jesus is like, hey, I'm, you know, God incarnate. I got some things I got to take care of while I'm here. And her, you know, and the disciples in the last verse, right? They're like, are you eating, though? Let's make sure you're eating. <laughs> and he's like, no, I, I know. I have some big things I'm trying to work on here. So then you get Mary showing up, and uh, and, and it, it gives me the big mom energy of, like, you come outside right now, and I would like to speak with you. 
right this instant. And Jesus, uh, Jesus and his mom have such a special relationship, obviously. And he's, but he's kind of got to be like, I, I don't, I can't do that right now, mom. I'm sorry. I have stuff going on. I'm working. This yeah, is not a I, good time. I totally wonder if like after that verse, she like walked away and she was like, honey, we need to talk about this. When we get home, he's like, mom, just let me do my thing. You know, mom, that I have a, you know, they have a mission. Stop embarrassing me. He's like, I was trying to like really preach to the people. She's like, anyways, I gave birth to you when we get home. Yeah. It's always interesting to me too. Like they're outside, they're outside telling him to come out. Like they're not just, just again, I don't know for sure, but it just gives me big energy of her with her arms crossed, like tapping or tapping her foot. Like, don't make me count to three. Go outside. We got to talk about this thing. <laughs> because she was there like out of concern because he was working with some demons, right? Like this was her going to be like, I think Jesus needs help. Let's go let's go to him, me and your brothers. And he's like I'm with my well, she can't be She can't be thrilled about it. No mom would be like, Oh, my son's out there fighting demons. Cool. Great. Like I don't we- know. I feel like some part of Mary was like, Oh, you know Jesus, you know, just walking on water. <laughs> out there doing god's will like she had to have been either really it must have been rough for her or she was just like you know god's got him (laughs) right that's why this gives me the vibe of like she she was she was didn't like the demon stuff she was like listen you go out there give give blind people sight that's fun that's nice everybody wins i don't really like you dealing with demons that makes me nervous anything but the demons jesus we talked about it not the demons i just (laughs) i don't care for the demons yeah yeah mary is like a whole other topic but we really don't get insight into it i would have loved to know like who was she confiding in when she found out she was pregnant i mean who was she confiding in when she was like my husband put me on a donkey of all things over here in contractions (laughs) Right, right, right. <laughs> Didn't even make a reservation for for the town survey. Like, are you kidding me? Come on, it's your one <laughs> job, Joseph. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people also think. Um, again, this isn't like uh, uh, confirmed. We don't get this directly from the Bible, but a lot of um, early church history and some different things people point to uh, that Joseph might have died, and um, so Mary could have been a single mom. Uh, there at some point because when jesus dies he looks down from the cross and he only speaks to mary and he says to mary behold your son and he's talking about john the disciple so a lot of people believe uh that joseph died uh at some point during jesus's life um, oh which why again do you think that wasn't another... documented i just think he was uh listen i love joseph i just think he was a tad superfluous to the story he was he was around uh he was involved and he gets he gets his due but i think probably rightfully so the gospel writers were like the main part of the story though joseph is actually jesus so he's going to be the center point um so yeah a lot of people believe just based on some piecing together a couple of things like that that joseph uh might have passed away which again just makes you think like oh so mary's now like what does her process through all this look like and you could you could tell yeah maybe here she's even more like listen i take care of yourself jesus be safe out there if my mom struggled to send me out in like cooler weather not wearing pants i gotta think mary's having a hard time hearing that jesus is battling demons and doesn't want to get in there and say like just did you wear sunblock if you're gonna battle the demons at least wear your sunscreen oh my gosh that was like so sad and then so funny all at once man i'm feeling it from mary but i agree you know there's probably he probably has his character arc and has his happy ending or however he died hopefully it wasn't too rough but you're right it was probably very distracting to the main plot well you want to learn more sure there's a we needed to hear about what jesus was doing and so i could see a gospel writer being like oh yeah and then joseph didn't make it past jesus being 25 or something and then it just kind of got lost in the shuffle over the years or or he was alive the whole time and he was just standing there next to mary and he didn't get shouted out so there's he it was could a busy be, dad he was he was working <laughs> he's a carpenter he's out there doing stuff he's like mary who's gonna get you to that trip back to bethlehem all right it's not, it's not somebody else making these chairs someone's gotta <laughs> pay for the donkey you know <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, Mary. Oh, I don't want to dwell on too much on that, but yeah, let's get back to the the disciples and how kind of rough Jesus was. I feel like Jesus had this like superhuman arc of like how things in the world worked. And it was almost unrelatable, especially to disciples. If I'm imagining myself as a disciple, I'm a very emotional person. I would have like attached myself to people, to things, to dead people. And for Jesus to walk up on people and say, get up or don't cry because someone's dead, you know, in Luke. 17, 7, uh-huh. 11 through 17. Uh, he went to a town called Nain. Uh, as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of a mother, she was a widow. A large crowd was with her. The Lord saw his heart, went out to her, and he said, don't cry. <laughs> if I was yeah. there, I'd be like, what? <laughs> you right. see my son's dead body. Right, He's right. like, young man, I say to you, get up. And he sat up and began to talk. Right. I would have a heart attack if I was that mom. Oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I think because he doesn't like preface his miracles. I think that's, it's always a shock. It's got to be like odd, you know, because nobody knew that that was possible. Like everybody, nobody knew that was a, so you have Jesus walking into scenes where he's like, oh, that kid could come back to life. That could be (laughs) the next thing that happens. So don't, don't cry. We'll fix this. And everybody else is like, no, we won't, dude. Like, the, he's dead. Every, that's the end of this. Um, so it's a very different, like, it's the juxtaposition there is of perspective of, like, everybody else is just like, this is it. This is the end of it. It's over. And then Jesus is like, that's, and that's, it, like, in a small way, like, that's the whole story of the gospel is he's walking into that scene going, like, this isn't the end anymore. And so it's kind of this, like, everybody's responding to that being a new thing for everyone at all times but yeah the mom has got to be there's a couple instances where the response to a woman crying is don't cry and i feel like (laughs) as a dude that is too often the first thing that comes out of our mouth and i can relate to that that i I try to not like follow that that intrusive thought but you want to be like hey hey don't don't cry and it's just like why do we always say that that's not helpful to anybody crying is not the problem like that's not the issue <laughs> they're crying because of an issue because someone just died that's the issue but yeah jesus is uh jesus is taking moments like these and his posture is very different than everybody yeah. else yeah you want to imagine yourself in those shoes and you know i feel like we freak out over like the smallest magic tricks like we are so easily entertained humans right yeah, now yeah. with like a computer in our pocket to uh-huh. be like eating bread for your entire life and using a donkey for your work commute. And then you see somebody come back from the dead. It's like, I feel like if you were to witness that of Jesus, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, no doubt that is God because I didn't even know that was possible. Kind of like what you said. And I've never seen that before. I mean, like every single miracle, it's just, it's crazy that there was any room for doubt after that. Because if I was a disciple, I'd be like, Okay, so like magic, like what is like, how do you even conceptualize what just happened other than yeah. like, there's no word for it. It's not magic. It's something we can't fathom. Yeah. Yeah. And then your brain would have to start to go like, so is anybody going to die ever again? Like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, how does that, what, what happens now? Um, yeah. It's a fundamental shift in like your entire concept of reality. And it is so interesting what you said, because we talked about a verse a while ago where he um jesus uh casts out a demon out of a person and then and so you because you do you think like well you if you watched that live you'd be like oh my gosh that's it that's there what else is there to talk about but there it never was enough like it was all like he casts out a demon and they're like oh he must be a demon that's how he casts out demons and you know that you know that from today it's like that's how everybody responds to everything you're like oh i just saw somebody you know, do a nice thing for someone. That must mean they're a nice person. They, they, that person um, was in the hospital, so they bought them dinner. And it, but yeah, well, you know, but they had a, they probably had a gift card to the restaurant, so it wasn't that nice. They're not actually nice. You know, I heard they just did it for this reason. It's just like nothing convinces anybody of anything anymore, especially. hundred percent. So, yeah, hundred percent. How did not everybody just go? If one part of you thinks that, then the other part of you is like, well, of course, nobody believes anything. Everybody's cynical constantly. Constantly. Yeah. No, you would like to think that in that moment, you'd be like, all right, yeah, totally bought in. But at the end of the day, it'd be like, 
well, he probably wasn't fully dead. He's yeah, probably exactly. like about to die. Exactly. And, uh, he wasn't. She was just crying because like he was on his way. But like, you know, Jesus gave him some ginger or something. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can do it in your head because the humans are still humans. Like that's what we do. We just don't take what's in front of us. And sometimes for good reason. I mean, especially today, right? We have so many things with like deep fakes and AI and things like that. You're like you're like constantly concerned, but I think this is like a human trait, man. We just we we try to maintain the realms of our reality as we as we know it. And so we'll fight exactly. against anything that's like suggesting the world is not exactly as we understand it. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. I mean, they must have been justifying it. I mean, I feel like it's the uniqueness of the miracles. Like it wasn't like I'm going to make a million dollars appear. It was like I'm going to walk on water and then I'm going to part the seas and then I'm going to heal the blind and touch people with leprosy. Like there was no commonality between all of them. It was just like whatever you think is impossible, I'm absolutely going to do it. Right, 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 right. And, And I think it kept everybody from thinking there was like a math. Like, well if I do this, then this will happen. Or like, right. Like he's just really good with water. (laughs) That's his thing. (laughs) Or every person that used the magic word that was blind, he healed them all. Like, no, it was, it was just demonstrations of just that this was God, that this is, uh, this is like a, a supernatural healing and renewal that was coming redemption that was coming to earth. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the differentiation between the miracles is great. There's a funny, yeah. uh, like thing too, with like the way he heals different people. Cause some, some person, there's a woman who just touches him and then she's healed. And then there's a, there's a person who he spits in the dirt and he makes mud and then he puts it on I their eyes. I love that episode of yours. You did such a funny job when it's healing the blind man, because like four times they asked the blind man what happened and you're like, he just got his sight back. It's so He's good. He's only telling you as much as he knows. Right. But there, that's exactly what we're talking about, though. It's them being like, you were not, you, so you were never blind. And he's like, no, I was blind. <laughs> I was blind. I was definitely blind. And his parents you, were like, yeah, yeah, he was blind. His parents are so funny in that story because they're like, he was blind, but I don't know. Go ask him. And they like disappear in a cartoon puff of smoke we haven't spoken to him in a really long time leave us alone (laughs) but yeah he's just like he keeps telling saying i don't know what to tell you guys i was blind jesus (laughs) gave me my sight that's the story i know like well where did he go and that's yeah that's the funny thing it's like i just got used to these guys i literally couldn't see 30 seconds ago where do you will you tell me where he went they're like, is it 2020 vision or like you can just see shapes now? Like how, how much is that sight restored? How many fingers am I holding it's up? It's a long con you were doing, pretending to be blind for 40 years and living in poverty That's out in the Times Square. That's why you ate so many carrots. That was, I knew you were up to something. Like just trying to process this, which we all would have done, man. We all would have. So many. We all like to believe we would have been like the most diehard, but everybody, you'd still be you. And, uh, in, even in Bible times. So it's, yeah. that's where I think you can yeah. start to really see yourself in the stories when you can relate to some of the things they're going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all Jesus was doing, you know, I think a lot of people have been like, well, how, how are you doing this? He's like, God, like he was the original influencer. He was just saying like, what's the secret? God. Right. <laughs> like, every single time, like the way, the truth and life, like that's it. And we're like, no, no, it must be something else. It Gotta must be, be. Yeah. submit to a higher power. I don't know about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really so like true. this motif of like humanness because I think that is what makes the Bible relatable. I think like I also grew up in the church, but again, I'm in my mid to late 20s now kind of going through what you went through of like, come on, there's got to be more. I've committed my life to this, but yet I don't know anything. So now I'm on that journey and you're definitely inspiring me to read the Bible. I'm just reading's tough for me. I lose interest right away. So I'm trying to find more interesting ways to do it. Mm. but um, I think that seeing myself in that, and that's why I love this conversation about disciples and, you know, understanding the history. Cause it's like in that position, what would I have done? And I, I kind of like personifying, you know, like in 2024, you know, who would be these disciples today? You know, would they be like, 
I know that they're all fishermen and like they would technically be like middle, lower middle class if we looked at them like economically and where they landed in society. But like the type Hmm. of people that they would be, would they be like people within my friend circle? Would they be people that I could relate to? Would I be one of those people? And I think looking at Jesus and what he says, like one of the verses um, just moving forward you know, they, they come to him and they ask him in Matthew 13, 10, 17, why do you speak to people in parables? Which is a pretty honest question. Like, why are you overcomplicating something when you could just tell us flat out? And he goes on quite a long rampant. Um, and I won't read all of that, but I think it was like, when I read that, I immediately got flashbacks to the years that I would, I haven't gone to many music festivals, but I've been to a few and it was like those people in like robes and beads. That's all I'm going to say about what they were wearing. Robes and beads, loose clothing, and a lot of things dangling. And like that to me, that's Jesus in that moment of like, hey, like what's going on? He's like, you know what? It's like, oh boy. Okay. Yep. Wrong answer time. All right. (laughs) Like there's nothing wrong with those people at all, but it is just like Jesus gives me such hippie vibes sometimes. Like he is that like hipster that like, oh, yeah, you're really feeling it. And I'm trying to get to your level. And I think that's really what he's trying to do was get us to his level and like show us that there is so much more than being hungry at breakfast time and people needing to see like we he, he was so beyond this dimension as far mm-hmm. as understanding goes. And I think everything he said was us trying to trying to get us there. But it is really funny when you're like, if I was friends with Jesus, like what would he look like today? And that's my yeah. interpretation. What about you? Yeah, that's a fun question. I I like this passage because, like, what's funny to me is there's plenty of times where Jesus says things just plainly, and like people are still not doing it. <laughs> it's like it's almost like they're saying like, well, "What if you just stop talking in parables?" Then they get it. He was like, "Oh, okay." Um, uh, then love God above all things and love each other like you love yourself. There is that pretty plain. They're like, eh, "I don't know though. I still don't like Samaritans." So. Maybe do a parable like you, you guys. Come on. He's doing it. He's he's doing it. Everything. He's giving you all of it that you can try to understand. But yeah, I don't it'd be some sort of mix. I yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, different characteristics about Jesus that pop out, like obviously, you know, endlessly patient. You have this like sinless character, um, but he does have like moments as well where he kind of like snaps at the disciples a little bit where he he'll say like that you're off on this or he'll rebuke them a lot of times yeah. it'll be how the how it's worded so you get this sense that that they're he does kind of say like guys come on like this is this isn't just like this um you know i think some people have have pigeonholed jesus into like the fluffy lamb idea of like no no he was just at, at like boundless sunshine and rainbows like this is the person who like walked into a temple and threw the tables upside down and was like, you're not doing this right. Like, it's not like necessarily yeah. this like, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Anytime you try to say like, like this is where I think Jesus kind of fits. There's other parts of this personality that he, that he um, displayed when Jesus was walking amongst us in these stories we have about him that are like, he was a very nuanced character. And um, so nuanced. And while he's without sin, um, sometimes like being a human is not a sin. Like there's not, there's not an inherent sin there because Jesus was a human. So we have to understand that there are parts here that like the Venn diagram might not be as like, you know, angels are sin are sinless and humans are sinful. And there's like a sin nature that is talked about in the Bible, but Jesus, the human would have had human things that were not sinful things. So it's this like, thing that's hard to kind of process of like is it a sin that he sometimes got frustrated and was was frustrated he didn't act out of that frustration he was never unkind or unloving um those were always his primary motivations is he's demonstrating the fruit of the spirit but to have like human things that jesus would have would have um personified it's just all interesting to kind of think about so yeah sometimes it's like oh man that gives me this vibe he's telling these really kind of like stories and that that feels very campfirey and like this type of thing and then you have times where he's like man this guy seems very down to business and he curses a fig tree and like he's very like no nonsense and so you just have like man this is a this is a very nuanced layered character absolutely matthew eight twenty one to 22 another disciple said to him lord first let me go and bury my father which 
based off this like image that we've had of Jesus so far, you think Jesus would be like, absolutely, that matters. Like you should probably have closure. Like if you got to grieve, like that's hard. Yeah, yeah. Death is super hard, you know? And right. I think, and Jesus deals with grief, you know, especially when John the Baptist dies. But Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that was a hard one. Um, <laughs> that's a hard... <laughs> So hard. I feel like I there's mean, probably some background context in that that we're missing, but for face value, that is pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. Follow me and let the dead bury the. What is it again? I feel like follow I'm like, me and oh. let the dead bury their own dead. <laughs> I heard you were nicer, Jesus. What was that? <laughs> I came here for the cuddles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's just. Um, you know, I have heard some uh, background to this about it being like this was not a um, like an incumbent death uh so so first let me go bury my father didn't mean like he had a funeral tomorrow um i heard one take on this text that it meant that he wanted to stick with his father until his father passed so he was like let me let me stay home take care of these responsibilities and then i'll follow you and jesus is kind of presenting the urgency of this and saying like this is like no this is not something you wait on this is something you take on this kingdom mindset you put this into action right now you don't wait on yeah. this um which makes and sense if, and if you're if you're consumed with this other thing again all very like layered and in the moment when you put yourself in the moment of that yeah if you're the disciples you're sitting there like oh buddy <laughs> that sounded like it was a fairly reasonable it sounded like it was a very a fairly reasonable thing um but yeah, we know we know the immediacy of it. Um, there, there's another Bible story that kind of supports that take on the text because there's another story. That I think it's I think it's a, the Elijah Elisha relationship where he says like, "Let me go say goodbye to my family," and the 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 prophet that's calling him in the Old Testament is like, "Oh yeah, sure, go say bye to your family." <laughs> like he wasn't like like he was just saying, "I want to go say goodbye and then go off on this journey with you." So a lot of people think this this context is like, "I w- I want to stay home." until i get everything settled and then i'll do the thing so that one's kind of a that's I, that's always made that make more sense to me and like uh, yeah 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 but yeah when you when you just read that and you take it in and you put yourself in the scene you got to think like oh wow this is this is this is an all-consuming thing huh yeah i mean that's where you get the 40 minute sermon out of that verse but i can't help but think that if this guy who was asking to like hey let me just like stay home with my my dad, and then I'll follow you. I can't help. But like, if this guy knew Jesus, he was probably hoping that Jesus would be like what he said in Luke eight. He said, um, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. Or like pull some, you know, miracle out of his back pocket. Be like your dad. He's good. I just healed him with Fixed. your face. You know what? He's, Fixed he's coming it. along. It's like, Oh, what? why didn't you say that? <laughs> it's one of those like parent surprises. Where he's like, why yeah. don't you turn around and see who's behind you right now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they do a big hug and it's sweet. He's like, uh, so like, I know you healed that centurion's daughter uh, from like miles away. It was my dad. I got a, I got a thing. Unless you got you something just, in your back pocket, you could just. I could go back or you could fix it now. Which one? If you really want me to go, you could just. And I could. <laughs> I can see there. In that case, Jesus was like, yeah, that's fine. You stay here. He's like, yeah, he is dying. You should probably just come with now. It's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there is so many other verses. I, I, Are there any that I missed? I feel like I just whipped out like 10 of them, but that was just my briefing. I haven't read through the whole Bible, so I still got to, I got to tally up my verses yet, but this is, this is the crux of like the things that you wish church would talk about. I understand why they don't. It makes sense. You can't take like a 40 minute sermon out of most of these, but even with the she bears, I mean, I just learned about that verse and that is a hilarious verse. I think that's so funny. Or there's a verse where he's like, you're, you're better with a weight around your neck thrown into a stream than doing what you're doing. It's like, yeah. Oh, that was a colorful way of speaking to me right now. Okay. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. And then you, you get through some of the old Testament and the way that, that God communicates to the Israelites through the prophets. And you're like, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more going on here um, than I thought, but yeah, it's, it, it is, it's, it's um, the disciples specifically. There's so many great stories. Like there's a time when, um, when Jesus is having dinner with the Pharisees and he kind of 
tells them off a little bit and like what what you're doing is not right and condemns them pretty publicly and then the disciples kind of like off sidebar say to jesus like hey man that was kind of mean don't you think that hurt their feelings <laughs> and i feel like like we were saying before with the, this being like your tight circle this is your myspace top 12 you're like guys i need you i'm i i you gotta have my back here like i <laughs> why are you defending them this is not the way that this goes like i like you're clearly off on who it is that is uh has got like the truth here right now uh when you're wondering about their feelings um and i'm sitting coming here trying to like reset this whole system he was also defending the disciples in that whole when that whole like altercation starts off so guys trust me i have a plan you're my friends (laughs) you guys are my friends so yeah they're they're great i mean just read the read the read the gospels and be focused on the disciples. And I feel like you can't help but walk away with like, man, they are, they have all kinds of stuff going on. They just feel to me, they're just so relatable. Cause you're like, yes, this so is what relatable. I do all the time. This is Absolutely. God has this big plan for my life is leading me in a direction is filling my life with love and joy and peace and reconciling things around me and do it. And just, and I am worried about the lunch that we're all supposed to be having. This is what yeah, I'm yeah, fixated yeah. on is lunch. The lunch and that's like Absolutely. that's that's me so the disciples feel um yeah i love reading about them but i i keep reading the bible you'll find all kinds of fun stuff i will do you feel like there's the same sentiments in the old testament or do you feel like that's a whole different animal the same sentiment of yeah. like relatability oh i think so i mean you just have to you have to realize like the again context is everything which is funny for someone whose like whole instagram account pretty much takes things out of context but <laughs> that's for for grins and giggles um but yeah so if you remember the time the timeline of all this like some of it i think some people's disconnect with the old testament is the new testament feels more like today and you even think historically it's happening during like the roman empire so that is like not again not identical there's certainly been technological advances but civilization is starting to look like the civilization we know today whereas the old testament is way more um these are these are people living like in tents out in the wilderness there's not like like caves right there's not like these metropolis cities that we know today you get to the new testament you're like rome this is these are problems i understand these are systems that are coming together um, that makes sense. That, that look more familiar. So, if, as yeah. long as you, are, as long as you can say like, "Hey, this was not done the same way I do stuff," and the, that doesn't make it necessarily wrong, it just means that's where it was at that point. Then I think you can find relatability all throughout the Old Testament. And they're just like their stories are; those are more story structured. Um, so, so the New Testament sort of recounting these like these. Um, the people saying like i was with jesus and this is what happened and the old testament is more like these are stories that were passed down from the israelite people for for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years so they're like they're so fun like there's so there's so many great stories in the old testament I, yeah yeah i think you can definitely start to see yourself and start to see the situations that you come across all the time it's why people yeah. connect so deeply with like david and goliath right because there's the story of it which is great but then there's also like we all understand what it's like when you're like up against a seemingly insurmountable obstacle so the old testament yeah that that's probably throughout the bible is funny the old testament's been the little treasure i feel like i've i've gotten to dive into more because i was really unfamiliar with that great perspective great perspective and great insights thank you so much for sharing these and you you did the work and you've got a great perspective on things. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I hope that we can have another conversation on maybe another character in the Bible that we've talked about, but I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on here, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This was so fun. I, uh, do, is there anything that like you didn't get a chance to touch on? I know you talked about the game, but what else is going on with you that you can plug right now? Yeah. If you're not, you know, everybody can follow along, join the fun at the Bible is funny at the bible is funny on instagram and tiktok and then i have a podcast where we go through the bible and we do christian movies like you talked about and last year got to release the game so that the bible is funny game card game is like uh, it plays kind of like apples to apples um and so there's a prompt and then there are these you know wildly out of context bible verses um <laughs> that you can play so it's a lot of fun to play with like your family or any sort of friend group that's getting together like there's all kinds of fun 
I hear from people so much that they just like brings a lot of joy and laughter and gets them reading parts of the Bible that they didn't, they, they were like, I had to look that up because I didn't believe it was a verse. So I looked it up and <laughs> then read a little bit more. So it's super fun. The response to that's been super cool. So, um, that's something that's available now people can get. And, um, that, yeah, just follow along at the Bible is funny and, and say, hello, tell me, tell me that you moved over there and you you're saying hello. You make some ridiculously good memes with some of the trending sounds, I gotta say. Oh, thank you so much. That's those are my, hilarious. It's my favorite. <laughs> no, those are awesome. And the game is genius. Where did you even get that idea? Oh, man, I mean, it's like, it's a style of game that's been, that I've played before, different types of games. You know, you have Apples to Apples, like the original, and then they came out with Cards Against Humanity, and yeah. What Do You Meme is another yeah, one yeah, that's yeah. out there. And so I was like, oh, I think this could work um with this format and so then just kind of went through to see filled out the gameplay cards and stuff like that and had a great partner uh and a publisher that was down for the idea and so um yeah that's how that's how it came to be that's awesome i'm definitely gonna bring it home my family would love that <laughs> that's awesome it's, uh it makes me so happy yeah i the whole time working on it i was like i just hope that people just get to like hang out and laugh and play this game and it'd be fun so it's i love when i see people doing that yeah i might like bring it around my friends and they're like what game are we playing i'm like just play the cards don't worry about it <laughs> don't worry about it you don't need context we're having fun just, just... <laughs> hush up enjoy yourself <laughs> it's your turn <laughs> No, Anthony, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I hope everybody follows The Bible is Funny. This was one of the inspirations that got me into my podcast was seeing that other people did it well. So I'm going to give a stab at it. So thanks for the inspiration and the wisdom on this call. And uh, hopefully see you back again soon. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk soon. Bye, Anthony.